I'm recording this after, I mean, I think it's fair to say maybe the worst loss in Wizards franchise history. 116-115 to the Clippers. Up 30 at half. Up 35 at one point. And you lose. On a Luke Kennard four-point play. Statistically, it's a second... 35 points is the second largest blown deficit in NBA history. Coming second to 36. Back in like 1996. And... I don't know. If this is in rock bottom, then I don't know what it is. The trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th. I was going to try to record an episode for this later this week, but watching the last five minutes of that game has motivated me to explain further and explain as soon as possible the need for the Wizards to blow it up. And it's hard saying that because this team started out 10-3 and and it looked like a new coach, uh, a more deep roster, that maybe this was going to be the year they they can put it all together and at least make the playoffs and be a contender to at least not be a one-and-done. But since then, they've been one of the worst teams in the NBA. They now sit at 23 and 25. They're not in the play-in. They're barely in the play-in. You have Bradley Beal saying, I don't want to play in the play-in. Well, you're not even in the play-in. And, and the announcers were commenting on that. You can't, you have to have some urgency. You can't be complacent and say, oh, I don't want to get in the play-in. But you're not even in the play-in. You, you, know, you, have to, you can't be blowing these games to the Clippers who didn't have Paul George, didn't have Kawhi, didn't even have Marcus Morris. They were playing their, their bench. Versus our team, who everyone is playing all year, you heard, "Oh, wait till we get Thomas Bryant, wait till we get Rui Hachimura back, and we'll see the full potential of this team." Everyone's playing, and we just blew the second largest lead in NBA history. So I think that excuse and that hope, "Oh, we'll get Rui back, we'll get Thomas Bryant back," I think that's kind of out of the door, door in a way, because you saw that their impact is not that big in terms of. This team is still not winning games even with them. You bring in a defensive coach, the ap- the defensive effort is still not there. Spacing is even worse than in the Scott Brooks era, in my opinion. It's just half-court screens for Beal. He's getting trapped. He's making bad passes. He's dribbling into double teams, turnovers. And you're shooting up hand grenades with five seconds left on the shot clock. It's just not winning basketball. And you saw it today. You get out to a big lead, but then you start getting complacent, start getting lazy, iso ball, 20-point 20, 20 lead. Next thing you know, it's 10, 5, and then, boom, game's over. So, what to do? It's hard saying because the logical thing right now is you blow it up. But I worry that there's too much loyalty to Bradley Beal from this franchise to do that. I think whatever he says, they will do. Um, he okay the John Wall trade. He okay the Russell Westbrook trade. I don't think they're going to go behind his back. I don't. And I don't think Beal will be upset about staying. I'm not sure if this loss changes things. Maybe he wants to be traded. I'm not sure. I mean, he's had so many opportunities to be traded and request a trade. 
and he's always come out and said, I want to stay, I want to stay, I want to stay. And it's funny because this is probably the best team on paper that we've built around him since Wall got hurt. And yet he's playing his worst basketball since he was a rookie. So, in an ideal world, you could trade Beal. And that would, in my opinion, be the best option. Because you can hit the reset button. You can flip players like Trez and KCP. And this might sound crazy, but I would look at what Kuzma's market might be right now. His value is higher than it will ever be. So, and is, is Kyle Kuzma really a part of your future as a franchise? I don't think so, to be honest. So I think you have to assess those options. The other option is, which I hope they don't do, is trading young players to get a player like Sabonis or Jeremy Grant. Don't get me wrong. They would immediately be, I mean, I think Sabonis is better than Beal. They would immediately be one of our best players on our team, if not the best. So you're, you're, you're getting better, but at what cost? Sabonis is going to cost you Rui and probably, or Danny Avdia. Do you really want to give up two young players? I'm not saying they're going to be all-star level players, but look how the, the, when the Pacers traded away Paul George, they got back Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis, two young, unproven in terms of being an all-star players, but quality young players back in that trade. They're going to ask for a similar package if they're going to trade away Sabonis. So it remains to be seen what we will do, but... I mean, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to look at this, a loss like this to a team like that, and not think this current roster cannot win you playoff games. And if you're Beal, why would you want to stay here? Why? You you're not. You're obviously not close to competing. Why not before you hit free agency, go to a good team where you can possibly get into the playoffs and maybe do some damage. And I'm sure, I mean, a lot of Wizards fans have turned their back on Beal. He would, but he's still a very good player and would get you a lot back. I don't know. I, at this point, we have too many players, but none of them are good enough to put us over the put us over the, the hump. But I, I just I just don't know where the loyalty is at right now. Will Tommy Shepard be able to? Will himself to move Beal, and you may also have Spencer Dinwiddie, who they just signed and was looking good in the beginning of the year, but it's just suddenly is a shell of his former self. From even I'm not even talking about his Nets days; I'm talking about the first ten games of the season. He shot two for eleven tonight. Bad on defense, turned the ball over. He's yet to mesh with Beal, and there was a report that came out the other day that they might be looking to trade him. But what are you going to get for him? Uh, an aging point guard coming off ACL surgery who's not looking, not playing great. What? Maybe a, a 2028 first, a couple of second round picks. I mean, what are you going to get from him? The only way you can truly start over is by trading Beal. So will they have the courage to do that? I mean, they've done everything else well. This front office, they've they've found diamonds in the rough in trades. Gafford for to- Troy Brown was his tremendous trade. Uh, talking about drafts. I mean, also, don't really forget Thomas Bryant off waivers. He's a, he's a quality backup center. Rui Hachimura and Denny Abdia have been pretty solid. And Corey Kispert looks to be a good player. He will he will eventually turn into a good player. He's not His shooting splits don't reflect that now, but he's improved every month, and he's an excellent 
off the ball cutter. So, I mean, we'll see. But can they make the big move, whether it is acquiring help or trading away your best piece in Beal and maybe some other expiring contracts? In my opinion, if the Wizards want to do anything in the future, you have to start now by trading away Beal because what are you going to do? Keep him and then be forced to resign him to $48 million a year in the offseason? You're going to pay a player who maybe is not even top five in his position, $48 million a year. I have trouble thinking that's going to help your team because how are you going to build around him? How are you going to pay Denny or, or Ruby should they develop when they're eligible for a con? I mean, I just don't see how, that's, how that's, you're going to be able to win. You're, you pay $40 million a year to a player who's a superstar or who's playing at a superstar level who can carry your team in the playoffs. And I challenge to ask any Wizards fans, do we believe that Bradley Beal is capable of putting this team on his back like a John Wall did back in the day? I mean, this this is, and I'll finish off with this. If anything, this is highlighting the difference in, in, in leadership ability, in my opinion. And I think we took it for granted with Wall. Whenever, when he was the guy on the team, the main guy on the team, it seems like every player gravitated towards him. He, it was John's team. And they played with a with similar to his character, toughness, grit, you know, not not gonna back down. They played like that. You saw that Celtics series. It was it was intense. It was a team. This team does not seem to it seems to lack leadership and integrity and character. I, one night uh, they moved the ball and they played defense the other night, they're ISO balling and they couldn't care about people getting easy layups. So it's really about uh, finding who can take charge of this team, and I don't think it's Beal for $48 million a year. So we will see. Uh, if you would ask me a week ago if they would trade Beal, I would say zero chance. But after what's transpired in the last 30 minutes, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'd say now it's it's still like maybe it's 40%. It's less than likely, but there's no way you can see that you just – blew the second largest lead in NBA history tonight to a below average team currently and not think maybe we should restart and blow it up. Well, I do thank each and every one of y'all for tuning in to another episode of Dion Beyond Deck. Um, all I can say is, please trade Bradley Beal. Thank you and goodbye.